Hello, this is Jim Kilgore, Certified Financial Planning Professional here at 401 Advisor, and I am the host of the 401 Advisor podcast. The topic today is expanding on last week's podcast where we talked about planning for the what-ifs in life. If you haven't listened to it, I hope you will so you can understand the background for this week's discussion. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the show host and should not be construed as investment, legal, or tax advice. The information used is believed to be from reliable sources. This is not an offer to buy or sell or participate in any investment strategy. Investing in securities products, including variable insurance, involves risk, including loss of principal. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. I am a financial advisor with 401 Advisor and a registered representative of Ciros Financial Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Ciros and 401 Advisor are not affiliated. Life insurance. Almost nobody wants to talk about life insurance because it makes them think about their death. Understandably, then, life insurance is often sold, not bought. What I mean by that is very few people wake up in the morning and say to themselves, you know, I want to get some life insurance quotes today. More likely, they are introduced to a life insurance agent or are approached by a member of the family that sells life insurance, and the process begins. There are many names for life insurance policies, but really only two kinds. The two kinds are term and permanent. On today's show, we're going to walk through the different kinds of term and permanent insurance policies and explain some of the different features of each. This is going to be a broad-based discussion, and we are not going to endorse any particular carrier, but just describe some of the most often seen policy designs in the process. To give the listeners a deeper understanding of these products and how they lay the foundation of your financial plan. So first up is term life insurance. It lasts for a set number of years before it expires. So if you die before the term is up, a set money of uh, known as the death benefit is paid to your designated beneficiary. Term life insurance is considered the simplest and most accessible life insurance policy for most people. When you make your payments, known as premiums, you're simply paying for the death benefit that goes to your beneficiaries in the event of your death. The death benefit can be paid out as a lump sum, a monthly payment, or an annuity. Most people elect to receive their death benefit as a lump sum. Term life insurance policies are very affordable and and more affordable than most types of life insurance policies, usually costing between $30 to $40 a month for a 30-year $500,000 policy for healthy people in their 20s and 30s. They do expire at the end of the term, which can last up to 30 years. Now, depending on the type of term policy that you have, the premiums can stay the same for the length of the policy, increase over time, or in rare cases, decrease over time. Now, the purpose of life insurance is to protect your loved ones from the financial obligations you have if you're not around to provide for them. When you're still saving for retirement, paying off a mortgage, or raising children, and planning on sending them to college, life insurance makes sense. 
but eventually you'll have saved for retirement through your 401k or IRA. You'll have paid off your mortgage and your kids will be out of the house with families of their own. The fact that term life insurance expires and there are no additional fees associated with it is what makes it the most affordable life insurance option. Don't fret that your life insurance policy expires. That could be part of your overall financial plan. You have several options if your term expires, though. First, you can purchase a new policy, but understand the premium will likely be higher Some policies allow you to convert to permanent life insurance policies, or some allow return of premium, meaning that if you bought a term policy with a return of premium rider, if you lived through the term, you would get all your money back. So those are the basics of term life insurance. There are many different policy options, so if you're in need of some term life insurance, contact an agent you know and trust, or I would be happy to discuss those options with you. Now, let's talk about the permanent insurance products. Whole life insurance, on the other hand, is considered a permanent life insurance policy because it does not expire. It has a death benefit, but also has some cash value built in, which is a tax-deferred savings account that's included in the policy. The cash value accrues at a predetermined fixed rate. Each month, a certain portion of your premium that you pay will go into the cash value of the policy, which offers a guaranteed rate of return. The exact amount that goes into savings is determined by your individual policy, and the policy's cash cash value grows over time. Due to the fees and the extra features, a whole life insurance policy can cost 5 to 15 times as much as a term life policy for the same death benefit amount. Whole life lasts as long as you pay the premiums. However, the cash value component can make whole life more complex than term because you have to have to consider uh, surrender fees, taxes, and interest as well as other stipulations. Still, It may be worth it if you need the cash value to cover things like endowments or estate taxes, which might benefit from the options that a whole life policy provides. Now, another type of permanent insurance product is a universal life insurance policy. It also has a cash value, just like a traditional whole life insurance policy. Your premiums go towards both the cash value and the death benefit. But here's the twist. The policyholders of a universal life policy can change the premium and death benefit amounts without getting a new policy. Basically, although you have a minimum premium to keep the policy in force, you can use the cash value to pay the premium. That means if you have enough money in cash value, you can use that to skip premium payments entirely, letting the accrued interest do the work. But the cash value of a universal life policy has an interest rate that's sensitive to the current market interest rates. So, if the interest rate being credited to your policy decreases to the minimum rate, your premium would have to increase to offset the reduced cash value. This flexibility makes universal life insurance attractive to some people, but it's also confusing. Unlike term life insurance where you pay a certain amount every month or year, you know what the death benefit will be. Shifting premiums and death benefits are more complex 
than most people need, and it comes at an added cost. Then you've got variable life insurance, which is similar to whole life in that they both have a cash value, but the functions of the cash value are quite different. With a whole life policy, the cash value component is a savings account. That's why, although the growth might be small compared to other investment options, there is a guaranteed minimum rate. It also includes dividend payments from the life insurance company. A variable life insurance cash value, though, is more akin to investing. The money paid into it goes into a series of mutual fund-like sub-accounts where you can get some decent growth, but you can also lose money depending on the market. The cash value is more or less placed in the stock market. And finally, we have variable universal life. Now, if you think variable universal life insurance is just some aspects of universal and variable life policies mashed together, well, you're mostly right. A variable universal life policy takes the best or worst, depending on how you look at it, of the other two policies. You can adjust the premium and death benefit amount while investing the cash value in the policy's cash value. But variable universal life insurance also comes with many of the same elements as the other two. Again, this policy is more complicated than most people need, and it isn't your best investment or insurance option. There are other flavors of life insurance out there. But this pretty much covers the main ones, and I certainly don't want to bore you to death today. Most insurance policies require some type of medical testing to qualify, but some do not. Each insurance carrier has their own underwriting standards. In my humble opinion, the best option is a combination of a simple 30-year term life insurance policy and a dedicated investment account, like an IRA or Roth IRA. There are certainly some exceptions to this, but for most people, this will do. This kind of mix gives you the insurance coverage you need with the flexibility to invest in the thousands of different investment vehicles out there in the marketplace and gives you access to a professional investment advisor if you so choose. I truly hope this week's podcast has been informative. If you'd like to learn more about the steps you need to take to protect your family with life insurance, reach out to me and let's get together for a meeting. As always, thanks for listening and I hope to hear from you soon. Please send your comments or questions to Jim at 401 Advisor and I will be happy to answer them on a future podcast.